Welcome to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Relax It's Retirement podcast with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey there, Josh. Are you feeling spring-like? I am. I'm ready, ready for some flowers to bloom, get my spring allergies going, oh, you know, itch fine. my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are brutal from what I understand. I am blessed enough so far to knock on wood, not have them. I I bear through it. I as a kid, I started getting them, but I'll take it. I like the rebirth of spring and being able to be outside more. I think for for my boys too, it's great to get them outside and have that time to burn off energy outside of the house more. Yes, and I can play pickleball outside instead of inside. Oh, I didn't know that you were an avid pickleballer. You the didn't sport know? taking the United States by how, storm. How has that never come up? I don't know. I don't know. I'm obsessed, did, Josh. <laughs> okay. How did you, uh, was it straight to pickleball or did you play tennis before? Straight to pickleball. You know, a, okay. a woman in the neighborhood just got us girls together and said, hey, we've been playing this new game. It's really a lot of fun. And I have been hooked ever since. Been played about three years now, Josh. Oh wow! So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. I'm in tournaments. I mean, I'm Ooh, I'm in it. Competitive too. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. Yeah, we have quite a few clients that you know, some that used to play a lot of tennis that have transitioned into pickleball. I think a little bit less movement is my understanding. Yeah, the court is nearly court. as big. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So good. A lot of but fun. Um, so probably a faster fun. game then. It is. Yes. And that's what we say. They they say it's it's got this reputation of being for the elderly people. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I walk away and I am just exhausted and dripping in sweat. But I think we've gotten off course here, Josh. I think so, too. Let's take it back to spring. So <laughs> okay. do you have any spring cleaning rituals or, you know, any anything in particular that you like to do this time of the year outside well, of pickleball? Well, there's the usual cleaning of the house you know you get to the things that you don't do on a weekly basis and I dread that every year but yeah yeah there's some things like emptying out the china cabinet and cleaning Ooh. all the glass in there and doing all of that kind of stuff it's not fun yeah that's a good one I will not bring that up to my wife Yana because I don't <laughs> want to do that um, we tend to do a lot of closets so closet cleaning going through old oh, clothes okay. yep. and trying to clean out that way so I think that's a good one I think the fun one is is sort of the yard cleaning and spending that time outside cleaning up the yard and maybe doing some landscaping kind of projects and then you gotta start the mowing right yeah 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 well not quite soon soon enough Okay. Uh, not peak mowing season yet, but it'll be nice to be outside and get the get the yard set up for those beautiful days coming and hopefully summer comes quick enough too. So Yeah. So there is um I've often heard that you still, even though it's warm, you shouldn't plant until after Mother's Day. Ah, yes. I think that's a common rule. I think the other one that I always hear that I've been guilty of violating is 
you need the temperature to be stably above 50 mm -hmm. or the average temperature around 50 before you clean out those garden beds. So getting yeah. out all those old leaves and stuff, I think that allows the bugs and helps insulate the plants too as they're, you know, starting to pop up. So And when it dips down cold, you can always put a blanket over them. I, I, and sing to them as well. Sing to them. No, I'm serious <laughs> about the black. My sister I know, has I've, done I've, that. <laughs> I've seen that, and uh, we used to have our old house in Pittsburgh. We had a neighbor that would build these whole boxes around their bushes in the winter because many times in the winter, your bushes might get mutilated with a heavy snow where it'll bend the branches. And he had some beautiful, but I used to laugh. And go, oh, my gosh, he built a whole house for his bushes. <laughs> but again, that structure in the winter or in, in the spring, though, something like that can help keep things insulated as yeah. well. So we laugh, but who has the great looking landscape that's right that's right yeah. my exactly. landscaping does not look that good <laughs> yes so since we're on the topic of spring cleaning what does that mean for us today yeah today we're going to talk about our financial spring cleaning so whether you're cleaning out your closets or your garden beds just cleaning out the china cabinet we're going to talk about ways that we can clean up our finances so we'll cover 10 different tips today to clean up your finances and uh, we'll start out with reviewing your expenses. So that one is getting everyone to tune out instantly. So well, Rob is going to say, this is not fun at all. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes talking about expenses. But as we've talked about on the podcast before, Wendy, expenses, it doesn't have to be some huge spreadsheet where you track every cent. There's a shortcut. You take your income, you take out what you're saving, you take out your taxes, and that's how much money you're spending, right? Because it's all going somewhere. Right. Taxes, savings, and our expenses are the things that come out of our income overall. So we can kind of do some backwards math to figure out what our expenses are. Now, when budgeting really comes into play is if our expenses are going wild, right? So if our expenses are way exceeding our income or in retirement, our projected need for expenses... Maybe we need to check in on that. So this is a good time to kind of go back and reflect. Hey, we're also a little over a quarter into the year. So how much money have you been spending so far this year? If you have a lot of big trips coming up, are your expenses in line with those long-term projections? Mm -hmm. If your income's not enough, well, we might need to check into our income plan then. So if you're working with a financial advisor or if you're a client of ours, it's a good thing to reach out to the advisor and say, hey, I'd like to review my expenses and my income plan with you to make sure that we have enough income coming in because what we don't want to do is put a bunch of money on a credit card. So our second spring cleaning tip would be to clean up that debt. So maybe around the holidays, you bought a nice gift for a family member and put it on a credit card. I uh, wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> we've had I, one thing that I've heard too frequently that, that being a financial geek, I don't like Wendy is people will put money on credit cards for like Christmas or holiday gifts at the end of the year. And then they plan to pay it off with their tax refund. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh man, that's so painful to hear because of the high interest on credit cards. And you're actually just giving uncle Sam a tax-free loan. You should address your tax withholdings. That could be a whole separate podcast. Right. But if you, for some reason, did have a little bit of debt accumulate on a credit card, it's time to address that as well. So take a look and come up with a payment plan. 
Another I have a thing? question. I'm, yeah, I have a question. go for it. Yeah. So if you have a significant balance on a credit card, mm-hmm. is it more important to pay that credit debt down or put in an emergency savings account? Because everybody Ooh. has a different opinion on this. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of differing opinions on this. Yes. Dave Ramsey has his whole debt snowball thing that many no. people follow. And Dave Ramsey is is criticized and beloved. Everything else. I would say, Wendy, there's a balance to everything, right? Let's take a look at that interest rate on your credit card. If your credit card is at 25% interest, you need to pay that sucker down big time. Now, the idea of getting your, your emergency fund, that safety bucket of money first, is so that you don't keep perpetuating the problem, right? right. <laughs> if you pay down the credit card, but then you're just adding back to it, well, right. you're not really any better, right? So, And that's how I always think to myself. I'm like, well, if I do have an emergency, I can just put that on the credit card. That it's like, it's, it's a never-ending cycle. Yeah. And I, I think that's the other thing to think about is sometimes rather than attacking that 25% credit card right away, you can look for incentives and do a balance transfer. So as long as you have decent credit, which is something we'll talk about a bit later here too, you can <laughs> you can really take a look and say, hey, can I transfer this balance over to a new credit card? And they'll give you 0% maybe for six months or 12 months, or some even go out as long as 18 months. And Wendy, do you know how to pay it down once you do that? Yeah, you just keep paying it till it's off. <laughs> till you, you take that, the balance that, and divide it by the number of months, right? right? So exactly, you know, so if, divide uh, it, well, actually, eleven because you want to make sure that a they little don't extra. Get you. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, good. Exactly. If you owe twelve thousand dollars, or or let's make it easy. If you owe eleven thousand dollars, it's twelve months zero percent interest. A thousand dollar payment a month is a great amount to make. Yeah. That way, you have a little bit of a buffer there. That would allow you to not have interest paid on there. And I would say that would be more equal with savings, right? Mm -hmm. The high interest of credit cards is really what gets people in trouble. And we have a culture of looking at that debt without the seriousness it needs. If you apply for a mortgage, they'll say, okay, what's your credit card balance? And all they factor in is that you're making the minimum payment. Yeah. Don't only make the minimum payment. Yeah. You'll be paying them forever. And I think statements by law now are required. They are on show now. you how long it will take. So take a serious look at that if you're only making those minimum payments and look for some strategies to clean up that debt here in the spring. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you for the answer to that question. I do happen to have a very good credit score. So that means that I can take out as many credit cards as I want. Yeah, no. (laughs) Your credit score will go down if you take out too many credit cards. Wendy, do you monitor monitor your credit report at all? or I kind of check in on the number once in a while, but no, I don't really look at it. It, it, It's, yeah, it's Greek to me. (laughs) Okay. How do you check in on that credit report? I usually get, well, lately I've been getting it from one of my credit cards. Yeah, that's something that I think most major credit card companies are doing now. Well, they'll show you even on the statement or if you log in online, sort of your credit score and how it's tracking. And many times they have tips right there of how to improve your credit. So, you know, if it's something like, hey, you are utilizing too much of your credit card. Well, that's a good sign to either expand your credit, right? So have more credit available to you 
or ultimately, as we just talked about, pay that sucker down. Right. But let's let's use that as an example. If you do have good credit, and let's say you're carrying a balance on one credit card with a very high interest, if you apply for another card, you're going to get hit. It'll be negative on your credit report for applying for that new card. But as your credit expands, your utilization will go down, right. which is a plus for you overall. And at the end of the day, if it's less money you're paying in interest, that's just better for your total financial picture. Why do you get that initial hit whenever you apply for anything? It seems a little unfair. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I don't have a good logical reason other than they don't want you to have a billion credit cards either. Well, no, um, I get that. But, you know, each one gives like even if you're taking out a car loan, that's a hit, right? Uh, that's true. Yep. Yeah. But I think for many things like car shopping or if you're looking at buying a mortgage, you do have a window to apply to multiple vendors. So okay. if you're like w when you're shopping rates for a mortgage, they're going to want to run your credit report. There's a specified amount of time that you can shop through other vendors where if they hit your credit report three times in a week period, it's not three separate inquiries working against you. OK, sounds good. That sounds better, at least. Yeah. So I think the third one, that's it. We we want to check in on our credit report. Okay. Outside of sort of this credit card stuff that we talked about, many times there might be an inaccurate reported debt on your credit report. So just glancing through that might be helpful. You know, many times your credit card companies will send you alerts if your credit reports hit again. So, you know, Chase, Discover, whoever you might have as a credit card vendor, they might send you an email saying, hey, someone just checked your credit report. That is a great way to make sure that no one else is using your credit profile to take out debt, uh, which would be the worst case scenario. So oh, checking yeah. that credit report, just make sure that everything's in good order. You can get free reports if you're not getting one through a credit card company or something like that. All three of the big credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion are required to allow you to pull that report once a year without any fee. Okay. Sounds good. So make sure you take care of that. You can also use Credit Karma. That's something that I used before we bought our first house. Now it's free, which means that they're aggregating your information and going to try to sell you credit cards and other things. But it's a it's a very interactive way to try to track those things and see where your credit score is going. They also have a nice feature for uh, disputes. So if you want to dispute something on your credit report, they can help you handle that rather than just writing a letter to the credit bureaus. Yeah, and I've had to do that before too. I've had I to. have as well. Yes. So I used their service in doing that. It was before we bought our first house and that was a big thing that I wanted to clean up on my credit report uh, before applying for a mortgage. Right. Yeah. Cause there, there are mistakes. That mistakes do happen. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it is a very good idea to check your reports as much as you don't want to. It can be yeah. very important. And that's right. Today here in Southwest Michigan, it is a gloomy day, Wendy. So you're you not outside well. sitting at the beach doing <laughs> something fun, right? Might as well look at your credit report, right? Oh, yes. Glory, glory. <laughs> uh, so what else do we need to do, Josh? Yeah, I think it's also a good time to review your retirement plan. So if you haven't taken a look at your retirement plan, maybe you got some good summer travel coming up. Just check in on your overall retirement plan. If you're not retired, are you still on track for retirement? 
If you are retired, are you on the same track that you thought you'd be on? Do you need to make some adjustments in your lifestyle or maybe your expenses like we talked about? With inflation being high, many folks that we talk to say, hey, I'm spending a lot more on groceries than I did a year or two ago. Right. Um, so let's adjust things there as well. Do you know when, if you would, run out of money in retirement? Has that date changed with the recent market fluctuations, maybe changes in your expenses? So just take a look at that big picture plan a little bit too and see if any adjustments need to be made. Okay. Now you're talking about junk drawers? What does my junk yeah. drawer have to do we with all my have, finances? Wendy, in your kitchen, do you yeah. have a designated drawer where you put everything that doesn't have a place to go? Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> we all have that same thing with our finances, right? We do. So, uh, we do. We do. A lot of people have, maybe you have that small bank account that you had when you were in high school and then you moved, but you just kept the account open. Because why not? But maybe now you're being assessed a... a $3 a month fee for that for or an inactivity fee or something like that. This is a good time to look in your financial junk drawer and clean it up. For many of those clients we work with, Wendy, that are nearing or in retirement, they might have old 401ks or IRAs from a previous job, or maybe they contributed to an IRA for a few years, and it's kind of been neglected. You know, they get the statement in the mail, and they look at it and shove it in a drawer, and it sits in that financial junk drawer. So this is a good time to look at that and clean those up. Instead of tracking five or six different small IRAs, you could look to combine those into one account. Many times you can lower your fees in doing that, or it's just a more optimal way to factor it into your retirement plan rather than just having these loose things out there. Yes. So consolidate that financial junk drawer. You could also do that in your spring cleaning after you're done with the China cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, so I cannot wait to get all this done. <laughs> so fun. Well, before the good weather gets here, Wendy, that's the key. <laughs> okay, what else you got? What other fun things do you have in store for me, Josh? So, yeah, we've talked about credit expenses. We're going to move on to taxes now, oh, too. Oh, well, um, just kick me while I'm down. <laughs> yeah, so our next tip is to create or review your tax strategy. So if you have a tax strategy in retirement and you've been monitoring it pretty close, this will be an easy one to check off the list, right? I know that I'm doing this and I'm staying active. But for those nearing and in retirement, we want to make sure that we're minimizing the taxes in retirement. We don't want to be paying extra taxes because we didn't plan properly. Taxes are a great thing to optimize because if we could pay 5 or 10% less in taxes in retirement... That's 5 or 10% less return we need in order to have the money in our pocket, right? So right. money in your pocket is the important thing, not the rate of return so much. It's how much can I sustain my lifestyle and put that money in my pocket? It's a good time to review that tax strategy. Maybe with higher expenses, you're pulling a little bit more out of an IRA or a 401k in retirement that's bumping you up in taxes. We also have tax laws that are going to sunset here at the end of 2025. So in 2026, our ordinary tax brackets for us individuals will jump back up. The Trump tax cuts were temporary for individuals, but permanent for businesses. Hmm. So with without trying to project what our politicians will do for us in the future, they are set to sunset. In that case, many of us will be paying 2 to 3% more in taxes. So having that factored into a plan, 
you may want to make some some decisions now. And that would be part of your tax strategy overall. Okay. And again, that is if nothing is done to change that fact. Yes. Which sometimes politicians are really good at doing nothing. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> they are fantastic at that part. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's it. Well, you know, we with the level of debt in our country, most folks that we talk to believe that taxes will be higher in the future, whether it's not these tax cuts or they're adding other ways for us to be taxed in the future, like like the taxability of Social Security or things like that. OK, so count on it is what you're saying. Yeah. And I think also it's nice to just have a, a tax free bucket of money. Right. Mm -hmm. So if the roof starts leaking, the water heater goes and you've already burned through the emergency fund. You don't want to put money on the credit card, right? Yeah. Well, we might look to pull out of an IRA or a 401k. If that money's fully taxable, we might be paying 22 cents on the dollar back to Uncle Sam to even get that money out. Yes. It could bump us up a tax bracket and make us pay even more in taxes. So it's so like having a, a tax-free bucket as a backup to your emergency fund can be a great way to access some money in retirement. Got it. All right. We were talking about Social Security. Is that part of this, too? We're going to talk about Social Security now as our next tip. We're going to say review your Social Security benefits. So similar to checking on your credit report, Wendy, each and every year after you file your taxes on your Social Security statement, it'll put your earnings on there. You want to make sure those are right. We've had many clients that they've been underreported. Well, if you paid into the system with that money, you want to make sure you're being credited appropriately on it. Mm -hmm. Wendy, have you looked at your Social Security statement anytime recently? Why do you do this to me? Of course I haven't. You know I haven't. Because <laughs> I know no one does. <laughs> but the nice thing is, much like any anything else these days, you can look at it online pretty easily. So if you now, set up an account, the same thing that they used to send me in the mail. Yeah, they used to send them. Yes. Now they don't send them as frequently. So we encourage folks to just jump online, go to ssa.gov, jump in there, and you can just download the report for yourself. But really, it's important if you're still working, like in our phase of life, Wendy, to just check, make sure that your earnings are being appropriately reported onto your social security. That way, when you move into retirement and you claim that benefit, you're getting what you're owed. Now, if they want to over-report it and say that you've paid way more money, that's okay for you, but typically doesn't work that way. No, uh, of course not. Uh, in, in terms of Social Security, too, you also want to make sure that you have a strategy to optimize it in retirement. Okay. So if you're getting close to that claiming age, you want to think about, hey, do I want to take it the day I retire or do I want to defer that benefit and let it grow a little bit higher? So mm -hmm. working with your financial professional on that, you can get a good gauge of what strategy might be best for you. Sounds good. What else? As always, we should evaluate our investment portfolio, Wendy. So our next tip here is to take a look. Lots of things have changed. Are your investments still aligned with your risk tolerance? The market's been a little bit up and down here. Over It's been very volatile. Just a bit. The reality. So people are worried. Are you still comfortable with your portfolio? Now, I realize no one likes when their portfolio goes down, but are you in a position now where maybe you might make an irrational decision that could hurt you in the long term? It's a good time to kind of check up on that risk tolerance. Make sure your investments match your comfort levels and your goals over the long term. We've also had drastic changes in fixed rates. 
So while we used to have to take a little bit more risk to say earn a four or 5% fixed rate, there's now, as we've talked about in other podcasts, some alternatives, whether they're T-bills or CDs, things like that, that are paying a higher level of interest now. So you may want to review your portfolio as a whole and see if it's still matching your risk tolerance and helping you achieve your goals. Okay. Ugh, this is a lot of work. I'm going to say goals another time here, Wendy. Is that okay? One more. Just that's it. <laughs> We're going to have you anymore. review your financial goals as well. <sighs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I think for many of us during COVID and sort of the, the quick changes to life that many of us experienced during COVID, we might have reevaluated some things in our life. So maybe we thought, hey, in retirement, I'm going to buy a house in Florida and go live in the South for a while. Well, spending that extra time with family, maybe helping your kids by watching the grandkids a couple days or things like that. Maybe you decided, heck, I'm going to want to stay closer to family. I liked that time. I liked spending that time. So maybe your financial goals have shifted a little bit. Maybe you're thinking, I, I plan to retire at 65, but I'm pretty happy at my job. And now that I can work remote and yeah. my boss isn't breathing down my back every day, maybe I'll work till 70. Hmm. So let's adjust those financial goals and start building out a plan to match that. Maybe you decide you want to help with your grandkids' college. So maybe you want to set some money aside in working those few extra years to help out the family in that way as well. So can I pay someone like you to just do all of this stuff for me? I can't tell you your goals, but I could help you find your goals. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I don't want to do it, Josh. <laughs> well, certainly. So like this 10 item checklist can certainly be a lot to do. Yeah. So we're gearing up now for our spring meetings with a lot of our clients where we'll do a lot of meetings to help update things on here. So, hey, let's review your goals. Let's talk through your expenses again. How has the grocery store been lately? Are you sick of paying $80 for eggs? How can we adjust your plan to make sure that you're on track? So if you're working with a financial professional, they should be doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you and making suggestions and asking these sorts of questions okay. to help discover if adjustments are needed within your plan. Okay, so what is the final thing that we need? The to final do? one is to just rip it all up. Just shred it all, Wendy. I'm going to uh, rip it to shreds. Are you a paper keeper, Wendy? Do you keep papers? I do to an extent. Okay. Um, I, put I, things, I put bills in a drawer and I'll okay. keep them there until I can get to like a shredder event. Okay. Well, you great. Know? So I, I'm going to jump ahead here. We have a shred event, <gasps> April 22nd, for those in Pittsburgh, at our Pittsburgh office. We've done this, I think, for seven or eight years now. So for a long time, we have one of those big shred it trucks come yes. in, park in the parking lot. I'll be out there along with our whole team cooking some hot dogs. We'll have some donuts and stuff out there, too. So um, anyone in the Pittsburgh area, that's Saturday, April 22nd. We have our annual shred event outside of our Pittsburgh office. We'll put a link to sign up in the show notes for folks, but that'll be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it's free. We are asking for a donation to support a local charity in Pittsburgh as well of $5. So if you're able to help, help support a good cause there as well. And grab a but hot dog. And grab a hot dog too. Yeah. And a donut, maybe a cup of coffee as well. <laughs> But back to the saving of paper, I'm guilty of stockpiling paper. So this is a good time of the year 
to go through everything and clean it up. And we try to have our shred day event right around tax time because that's when a lot of us are going through that paperwork. Maybe we just threw in a drawer or something yes. like that. Okay, so um, what are some of the things we need to get out of the house? Get rid let's of it. Uh, number one, I'm going to say is tax returns, right? Sometimes we'll talk to clients and they have tax returns from the year they got married, which was like 1985. And you're like, you don't need that anymore. It's irrelevant at this point. In general, a good safety barrier is seven years for tax returns. So, so anything past should be seven saving years. For seven years. For seven years. Okay. Yep. You know, the IRS will flesh it out a little bit more and say, keep records from three years after the date you filed or two years from the date you paid the tax. Okay. But if you claimed a loss or any other complex things, keep them for seven. So we just say, keep, keep it for seven. for seven. Easy rule. That's seven tax returns. We can do that, right? So if you file one this year, take the eighth one out of the stack Bring it to Shred Day on April 22nd, right? Got it. Wendy, I don't expect you to drive all the way to Pittsburgh to do that. I wish that I could because I love hot dogs and I love donuts. Okay, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> you are certainly welcome to. Well, thank you. I think, I think the other one that we see a lot of people stockpile is investment statements or your retirement account statements, right? Because you, you, hopefully it's a lot of money and you don't want to get rid of that. You're worried. Am I not keeping appropriate records? General rule we say is keep each month statement until you receive the year end statement. Okay. Right? So and if you get a monthly statement at the end of the year, when they give you that year end statement, as long as it makes sense to you, get rid of the other 11. Okay. Now, depending on your taxes, this is probably something you'll want to keep those annual statements for up to seven years, right? So we're trailing back. That now, if you're someone that moves a lot of accounts and maybe you're confused, maybe keep that final statement when you close out an account. You want to have that final statement because let's say that you owned ABC stock in that and you transferred it to a new account. If you then later sell that, you want to make sure that you have the proper records to show how much taxes you might owe on that okay. and things like that. Now, if it's an IRA account, that's a little bit more simplified in general. Keep those annual statements for seven years, just like your tax returns. Okay. <laughs> and is that it? Well, bank statements. I personally, do you still get bank statements in the mail, Wendy? Uh, no, I actually don't. In order to do something, I had to agree to paperless, uh, which I paperless. actually still like to get paper, paper statements. statements. I like getting my bills mostly because it's a reminder for mm. me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, they really want you to go paperless now. Yeah, well, it's certainly cheaper for them, right? Sure. To send out an automated email, that's pretty easy to do. I think that's it, though. Sometimes we get so many emails these days that it might be a little bit harder to keep track of. So off the topic tip, you can set a reminder in your calendar or things like that. Or since I, I like this stuff, I have a whole spreadsheet that tells me, hey, these bills are due on these days. So at the beginning of the month, I just glance through and I typically do it in two waves. I'll pay bills at the beginning of the month and then around mid-month as well. Mm, that does not surprise me about you, Josh. <laughs> but automate things too. This is also something that I talk with my mom about a lot. Like, Mom, why are you still mailing a check for this, right? You know, you can just set up. It's the same payment each and every month. You could just set up so it automatically charges. Now, things that fluctuate, that can be scary to do, right? If it's a credit card and 
well, you happen to go on a trip this month. Uh, you don't want it pulling all the money out of your bank account. Mm -hmm. So you want to be careful there. But in terms of saving those statements, just keep it for a year unless you need it for tax purposes. Most of these things are available online, like we talked about now, where you might be able to access your bank statements from five years ago if you've been at the same bank quite quickly online. So the need to keep a, a paper copy of that is a lot less at this point because you can always still access it. Okay. So let's wrap this up, Josh. Let's we've wrap been, it up. So we've been chatting, chatting, and chatting. We are. This is a this is a good one here. Lots of financial spring cleaning. Um, so yeah, a reminder for anyone in the Pittsburgh area on April twenty second, we will have that shredded event. So everyone is welcome to attend. If we can fill up the truck, that would be a first. We've yet to do that. So if you want to come help fill up the truck and grab a hot dog, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And the information will be linked in the show notes. Also, Josh, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they go about doing that? Yes, absolutely. They can check out our website at leonardadvisorygroup.com. They can give our office a call at 412-998-PLAN. Or feel free to shoot me an email at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com. Well, thank you, Josh. And thank you for joining us on the Relax It's Retirement podcast. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Relax It's Retirement podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.